The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio, two hours of talking about health. I don't know what we're going to talk about today. Well, yeah, Honestly, I have know, no it idea. Just, it just flows out of us. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if people ask me, you know, you must spend hours and hours preparing for your show. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how much time that we really spend, but it's enough. We think the topic has been written for today's show, but we're uh, we're going to start on that topic and then move on to so many other things absolutely telephone number is 919-860-9783 if you have a comment or a question either about covid or about any other issue especially related to your own health go ahead and call that number 919-860-9783 so we're in an era where the question is the ultimate question is are we at greater risk than we were three weeks ago because of this Delta variant? Uh, it's it's very disturbing that what we're heading into, yes, is another peak of a different strain than what we've been seeing. And we're going to have a lot more infections. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, this is a very contagious virus. And it is so contagious that it's right up there with a lot of other common diseases. It's more contagious than chickenpox. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> did you have chickenpox when you were a kid? I don't know. Let me let me tell There's you. What, nobody around to ask. Back when I was a kid. Yeah. When one person yeah, yes. <laughs> in the neighborhood got chickenpox, you know what the families did? I know. They had a chicken pox party. Absolutely. So they got all the kids together, and, and you know, these were three- and four-year-olds, <laughs> and we all got the chicken pox. Why? It's much better to get it when you're younger. Now, you don't want to get it when you're 26. I mean, that's terrible. Is it? Yeah, we had an intern um, in our group at Johns Hopkins who got it, and he was sick as all get out. But what I'm tr- now they have a vaccine against chicken pox. Make sure. sure your kids get it because chicken pox is not fun, but it's a lot less dangerous when you're a kid. So this is a very contagious variant. Now, you may wonder why the FDA is freaking out and why Rachel Lewalinski is freaking out. There was a big get-together in P-Town, Provincetown. Yes. You ever been? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, it, it's really nice. It's right there on the tip of Cape Cod, and it's beautiful. Um, I went fishing there. I used to go fishing there a lot. Bluefish. Yeah. yeah. They run in early June. Best off the shore. And anyway, so they had a party, <laughs> a bunch of parties. Many of these people were vaccinated. And right. it was just amazing. A uh, bunch of people got it, even though they were vaccinated. And they went up and did some testing. And it turned out that the volume of viral particles coming out the schnoz 
in vaccinated people was just as high as the volume coming out of unvaccinated people. So they hit the panic button yeah, and said, you must wear a mask now so your schnoz doesn't, you know, expel tons of this virus. Now, here's the thing that I don't think they're telling you is that it is contagious. Um, But the people who are getting sick are interestingly not getting as sick as they were a year and a half ago. Um, Your hospitalizations are rising a bit, um, but they're not rising nearly as fast as the case numbers. And what they're not telling you is that if you look back at India, who, you remember just a month and a half ago, it was just terrible. Right. They were showing videos of you know the mass graves and the funeral pyres by the Ganges. Yeah. The amazing thing is they were burning some bodies, you know, 30 feet down. Someone was washing in the same river. Yeah, bad. So you talk about um, uh, the dangers of getting infected. India can't be any um, worse than any other place in the world. The cases have, um, have just plummeted. And you can't say that it's from vaccination because the vaccination rates haven't increased that much. You can't say that it's because everybody's wearing a mask. And they're not. I mean, have you seen the, the latest videos of India? They're still burning the dead people right by the Ganges. And yeah. 30 feet down, someone's washing. And then, you know, 30 feet down, someone's fishing. Yeah. The cases have gone from 400,000 a day in what's the date of that uh beginning of may okay now there are forty thousand. and there was an article uh coming out right after the uh fda and rachel linsky said everyone's got to remask up because of provincetown you know the viral particles are spreading everywhere yeah there's a great article that says cases in india highest than they've been in three weeks Okay, 44,000 cases. That's a lot of cases. Sure. But there's 1.5 billion people. So what were the number of cases three weeks ago? Now, again, we said the beginning of May was 400,000 cases a day. Okay. So now it's 44,000 this week. What was it three weeks ago? 43,000. So I don't know what's happening with the, the data that is, that, is, are, that is coming out, that are coming out, but it, it doesn't reflect reality. But more than a, out of a population of more than a, a billion, an, an extra thousand people getting sick is not what you'd call a spike? Uh, no. No, it's and not much? Then the okay. other thing that I want to tell you is that the death rate in India has plummeted. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, don't get me wrong, any death is a bad death. Right, right. Um, any case is a potentially a bad case. But what I can't understand is why we aren't being told the truth. And the truth is, yes, this is a highly contagious variant. But we have treatments and we have, yes, a higher number of hospitalizations. But it's nowhere near what it was like before with a more contagious virus. And... If you look at the deaths in North Carolina and in other parts of the country, they are not going up. And you expect the deaths about two-week lag from the beginning of another surge in, in positive cases. It's just not happening. So what does this mean? It, it doesn't mean I'm telling you not to be careful. It doesn't mean that I'm saying la-di-da about the Delta. Right. I'm saying that 
the country and the world need to go on. Hmm. We can't shut down again. Did you know they're going to make four-year-olds starting in the beginning of August wear masks in, a, in kindergarten? They're gonna, the, the teachers' unions are already <laughs> screaming that we're going to go back to online learning. And, uh, you know, 7,500 people in the United States of America die every day. Now, are those deaths uh, something that we can just say, oh, la-di-da, la-di-da is my favorite word today. Okay. Um, no, but we have to just take it and say, this is terrible. Um, yeah. It never should have leaked out of the Wuhan lab to begin with. Mm. But Delta comes and goes. And yeah. if, if we're going to believe that, I want to say, I believe science. Well, go look at the numbers. Right. And tell me why Delta went away in England and also in the UK. I mean, the UK is the most vaccinated or one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. Right. And they had a huge spike in Delta. They did not have a huge spike in deaths. They had a somewhat spike in hospitalizations. Now, I don't know if that's because of the tr- good treatments that we have. Um, I don't know. But okay. I can tell you right now, Fauci can't tell me why Delta went down. And you know why? Because he's not even saying that Delta cases went down spontaneously in India and the UK. So I just can't believe that they're even talking about remasking and about shutting down schools again. It right, just, that's a, a good I, I don't understand. If somebody out topic. there, yeah. I'm not the be all and end all. I, I read, I interpret, I am a scientist. I have published in, in major journals. I am not claiming that I'm a virologist. Um, but if there is somebody out there, I mean, you know, uh, what's that guy's name in, in UNC? Um, begins with a B, Basic, or he's the Barrick. Barrick. He's the guy who worked. He 10. would be an expert to talk to about if something like this. If you're listening in Chapel yeah, Hill, Dr. Barrick, call me be because I want to know. Anybody with some connection to the Wuhan lab, yeah. call us right now if right. you've got well, he's, something. You know. He's, what, 20 miles away? Right. Shorty is on the line. She has more insight in this. Than Shorty most people, because Shorty had it. Oddly enough, ironically, Shorty had the long COVID. How you doing, Shorty? Better today. Good. Good to hear from you. What's going on? Doing a little bit um, tired. Yeah. I've I've got two more weeks of radiation. Oh yes. August 14th is my last day. Wow. Good for you. If, if people don't remember, Shorty is one of my uh, long-term patients. You know, she's not that short. She's over five feet tall. But oh, she they is. call her Shorty. They just call um, her Shorty. Okay. That's good. But Shorty has been through a lot in the last oh. few years. I mean, she got a pacemaker. She's had, you know, atrial fibrillation. And then she got breast cancer. We cured that. Yeah. And then she had this swelling in her neck that I, you know, shoot, got a CT scan and it was a cancer uh, yeah. that was grown out of her lung. She's had the best care, but more than anything else, you know what you got, Shorty? You got the best attitude. You've got, <laughs> you got you. God on your side. And way down there uh, in the, uh, the realm of importance, you've got Dr. Weefold on your side. And then right there, you got David Alexander on your side. So nothing can stop you now, Shorty. I was going to ask you something. Yeah. Um, the, the, you were talking about the shot. Yeah. I'm, 
I don't have to have that, do I? Uh, here, that's a good question, and and the answer is, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, it's recommended, um, but when you look at um, the United States of America, what they don't count are the people who've had COVID. Right. And so there is a level of protection that any infection gives you against getting infected again. Right. And they always talk about the people who, you know, are the, the boomerangs. They, they get infected and they get it again. Yeah. Right. The reason why you hear about them, why is that? Because it's pretty rare. Yeah. It's like a plane crash. You hear about a plane crash, I mean, it's horrible and everybody's afraid to go back up an airplane. But it's right. extremely rare. In fact, the safest mode of travel in terms of death per miles traveled is flying in a commercial aircraft. It's safer than walking down the street. So they say, they say get it. Um, I don't think there's a lot of evidence that it's necessary. If, if you ask me if I had had COVID, would I get it? Yeah, I would. Because would. I want that extra level of protection. Um, you remember you told me that um, on my last visit to Clayton that um, you would t- let me know when it was time. Yeah, I mean, there's been, there's been no double-blind randomized trial. I've got enough without adding something else to it, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I am using my walker. Good for you. And I have, um, since I had my little tumble, and of course that was the first of June. So I'm pedaling along. Shorty, it's good to hear that you're good. Okay. Keep keep, uh, keep up. Last week, were y'all gone? No, we weren't. We weren't actually, Doctor. We fall and I took the Saturday off. Yeah, we had a, a Saturday that we spent with family. Oddly yeah. enough, I spent my time with Doctor Weefault's family, and he spent his time with my grandchildren. It was kind of a, <laughs> it was like right like a foreign exchange program for for radio people. We did a, we did a trade. Children. All right, Shorty, you take care of yourself. Love you. Love you. Bye bye. All right, telephone number 919-860-9783. We want to talk about uh, COVID. You want to talk about uh, your uh, individual cases of any sort of uh, disease. If you've ever had that moment when you walked out of the doctor's office and you said, oh, I wish I had asked. I wish I had asked that thing. I just want some general information it's, it's called, from a doctor. It's also the by the way question. By the way. Yeah, as you're walking out, as you're walking out, and you really didn't want to tell them that you have a, a horrible chest pain and and sweatiness, and you go, oh, oh, by the way, before you leave the door, I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> All right. So if you want to ask a question like that, hopefully you're not having a heart attack. But Doctor Weefald might be able to tell you what you need to do. If you're if you're having a heart attack, I'd say dial nine one one first. But here's the other number nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network, and we are shaming a Fox contributor, Jesse Waters, because he got on. And said something that was what just factually wrong. It was just false. It was just um, false. There, the the biggest thing I hate about the COVID saga, and yeah. it's been you know it's going on 18, 19 months. Yeah, is that it's politicized. Um, the virus 
is not a, is not Republican. It's not Democrat. Um, I think Delta's independent. <laughs> Delta's independent. <laughs> but, okay, but um, Jesse's a you know. I, I agree with a lot of what he says. I disagree with a lot of what he says. He's he's a very, uh, you know, intelligent man. He's a really really good TV um, commentator. Uh huh. But I think what's happening, especially at Fox, which is disturbing me, is that they've all gotten vaccinated. You know that, right? Yeah. They, they Fox News required. Everybody who worked there to get vaccinated or you couldn't go on the air. I'm sure. And, of course, they're not saying anything about it. But Jesse gets on and says. Well, this is what he says. Yeah. All of the hot spots are in huge Democrat cities. New York City, Atlanta, Los Angeles. Not a lot of Trump voters in those cities. So we have to do away with all the politics and just try to get people vaxxed. And at a certain point, you just have to stop. You You can't push people that hard. Okay. Is Uh, that factually true? That's just totally wrong. Okay. Um, All right. It's not New York City. New York City is not a hot spot. Um, Chicago is not a hot spot. The hot spots are where? They are in the South. Uh, They are in the unvaccinated regions of the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're in Florida. Uh, Florida's had a sudden surge in in Delta. They were doing very well for a while. but it's sad because I think they're, tr- they're going for ratings. And what does that mean? Um, there are a lot of anti-vaxxers in the far right. And I feel bad about that because there's no reason to be. There's no, there's no political connection that should be made mm-hmm. to a vaccine. I mean, if you believe in the United States of America and you wave the flag and, you know, you support the military and you're for smaller government. That doesn't mean you have to be against vaccines and you have to be against the, especially the COVID-19 vaccine. But they are, um, I think, going for ratings. They're going to try to get some of those far right wingers um, mm-hmm. to tune in. And it's sad. But what Jesse Waters said is he's just wrong. Okay. That is the, not happening. The, you also mentioned that Freestyle Libre put yeah. out a TV commercial. That, yeah, I really now, like I this use device. Them. Yeah, I yeah. really like the device. It's yeah. great. Um, you can check your sugar and do all this other stuff. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen a commercial. No. But there's this big, I can't use the F word, um, but he's it, heavy set. Okay. We, we prefer full bodied. Yeah, full bodied, uh, curvy. Yeah. That's the yeah. other thing. And he's sitting there in a restaurant. Yeah. With a banana split in front of him. No. And he's got a Coca-Cola over here. <laughs> and he's got this. And, and they actually say, with Freestyle Libre, you can enjoy the foods you love. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, what is that saying? You check your sugar and you give yourself an extra dose of insulin uh-huh. so you can eat the banana split. Yeah. Drove me insane. Now, the truth is, with the Freestyle Libre, you actually can to a certain extent, you can manage your sugar more effectively because you know accurately, without pricking your finger, you know accurately what your sugar is. Okay. Now, but, here's the problem. Okay. <laughs> it, it, this whole goal of getting your A1C to a certain point. What's the A1C? That is the hemoglobin, which carries your oxygen is affected by the level of sugar in your bloodstream. It attaches the sugar to it. Uh-huh. 
So the hemoglobin A1C is your blood-carrying protein attached with a sugar. Yeah. And the, the more of that you have, the worse, controlled your di- the worse control of your diabetes you have. But when you take all that extra insulin and you eat all that extra sugar, yeah. sure, your sugar's going down. Yeah. But your waist is expanding. And you're really not doing yourself a favor. I mean, okay, let me give you an example, okay? Suppose you have your house, and you have really dangerous um, uh, habits about fire. Okay. okay? And so suppose you say, well, we're going to put up 10 more smoke detectors. Right. And then when you catch fire, you'll be able to run your hose to it. If, say, this is a hypothetical, if, say, a fella had a wife and his wife liked votive candles. Right. Okay? And she liked I like these votive smell, candles. smelly candles in every room. <laughs> there's the vanilla room. There's right. the cinnamon room. Yeah. If she puts up more smoke detectors, she could be more protected. Yeah, but then, you know, the whole point I'm trying to make is that the reason why we have fire trucks and fire departments is not because we want to be able to run out every night and put out fires from careless people. No, the best way to prevent your house from burning down is to be careful with your fire. Okay. And so what bothers me about this commercial is it gives people with diabetes the concept that if you get this thing, this Freestyle Libre monitor, and stick it in your arm, uh-huh. go get a banana split and enjoy your life. Now, it's just crazy. I, it's just insane because I, the more insulin you take, the worse off your body is. You want to not have to do that. So, yes, get the Freestyle Libre, but don't change your diet except to reduce white flour, sugar, uh, white potatoes, and white rice, and control it better. But don't. Listen, that commercial, I was about to scream at the TV. You ever like t- taken a, uh, a shoe and yeah. thrown at the TV? Yeah. Well, I just bought this TV, uh, so I didn't do it. <laughs> okay, but, but, it, but it, here's the point. From somebody who does manage his blood sugar and does, does manage Does it give it you a false insulin, sense of security? It, does, it gives me a sense of security, not because I'm going to go eat a banana split, because when I eat a sandwich yeah. and with two slices of bread, I know precisely... How, how it affects my sugar. Okay, so and then I can good. bring it back down. Okay. I'm not just going to I'm not going to have. Yeah. We're going to talk to Diana in just a moment. We're also going to talk to Rose Hoban from NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org right here on Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Welcome to Heart Health with board certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to Heart Health Radio. Here is Diana in Durham. Hi, Diana. I'm so sorry I left you on hold. How are you? Okay, I'm okay. Good. What's up? Well, I've been listening to you guys forever because I'm usually running errands. Back then, you only had an hour. I but I never had the nerve to call. But, um, I'm glad you anyway, did. Anyway, I wanted to ask Dr. Weefold. I found out, um, I think two years ago, um, that I have aortic valve regurgitation. I, I found out quite by accident. Um, I'm pretty active. Um, 56. I, before COVID, I would go to the gym. Okay, Diana, let me, 
Diana, I, as the non-medical fellow here, I want you to repeat the thing that you were diagnosed with. Okay, aortic valve regurgitation. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I have been accused of talking. Sure. It's okay. Um, anyway, I was walked like in Durham, the Duke trails that I've been doing for 40 years, and my friends would be like, you know, you're really having trouble with these pills. And I was like, I just need to lose weight. That's my problem. And um, I, I do... Um, before COVID, I would do like a muscle pump class, and I'm pretty. I mean, I wasn't the best one. I would have to modify. Um, but my friends really started getting concerned because I would have to stop so much. So I asked my doctor. I think in 2019, and he's been my doctor forever, like 35 years. I'm very blessed. I've had the same primary care physician. Um, he said, "Well, you know, you're not 25 anymore." So he sent me for a stress test, and they said I had severe aortic valve regurgitation. Severe. And so he said. That for every like three ounces that go from, I guess, the right to the left or whichever direction, wow. I have two ounces that slide back. Wow. And, um, but he said, I have a very hard, hard, strong heart. Um, but that the only fix for it is, you know, a valve replacement. Right. And I'm not like jumping up and down wanting my chest cut open. Yeah. Um, but I have had friends say you should have this done while you're younger because you'll recover better. And then I've had, People say, say, "Wait until you know you need it." Well, that. So I was just wondering what your thoughts. Well, that's a that's a great a great question because it's really not answered by medicine yet. Okay, what is aortic regurgitation? So, the valve that controls the flow of blood out of the heart is called the aortic valve. So, just imagine the pump in in the left ventricle, and it's got the blood in it, and it squeezes. Well, that aortic valve opens up and lets the blood flow out, and when the heart pauses, it closes, and it closes because the blood flows back on it, and it captures these little cusps and makes it shut. So what's happened to you is that when the heart pumps, the valve opens up, the blood flows out to the body, but then when the heart pauses, the valve doesn't close all the way, and blood flows backwards down back into the heart. Now, that's not such a bad thing as long as your heart stays strong. But what happens? Over time, the worse that that blood flowing backwards across the valve gets, the bigger your heart gets. It starts to expand and get bigger so it can handle the extra blood flow. And when it does that over time, it gets weaker. And, and so the biggest question has always become, when do we put the new valve in? Mm-hmm. And some, when I was a youngster way back when at Johns Hopkins, they would always say you don't replace the valve until the person's sick, until the first person feels bad. What does that mean? Shortness of breath, um, can't lay flat, swelling in your legs. And, you know, you're pretty sick when you get there. Now, what was the reason? Because surgery had a pretty high risk back then. I mean, you know, valve surgery was 5 to 10% of a major complication, infection, Mm-hmm. You know, bleeding, death. Nowadays, the risk of surgery like that, and you sound really healthy. I mean, you sound great. But the yeah. risk of surgery is very low, um, 1%, maybe 2%. And so the times have changed, and what we're saying now is that maybe, just maybe, when the valve starts to leak a lot, even if you feel good, you might want to get it fixed. Now, they also used to say that the valves would last only 10 years. Right. Yes, that, I've heard that too, and I'm yeah. only 57. That's so not, like, that ain't true. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, I've got a lady with one valve, 47 years old, 
no, I'm sorry, the valve is 47 the years valve old. valve is 47. 47 years old. I've got m- most of my people with mechanical valves, uh, and I've been practicing 30 years, have never had to have them replaced. Okay, they, they go in good and they stay in good. Now, there are two types of valves. This is a mechanical valve, um, the St. Jude valve. Uh, it's named after the hospital. Uh, I hate that because it's always the patron saint of lost causes. St. <laughs> Jude valve is not a lost cause, okay? It's just not. Yeah. And then they have these, these, these <laughs> valves that are made out of uh, animal tissue, okay? Bovine pericardial prosthesis. Right. What does that mean? It means it's, it's, a, it's made out of this really heavy wire, and they treat the uh, lining of the heart called the pericardium of a cow. And then they drape it over and they do their magic and it lasts for years. Um, so, I, no, I'm not your doctor and, and I've said this before time and time again. Oh, um, when was the last time you had an ultrasound, an echocardiogram? I think January. He's got me doing it every six months. Six months. Yeah. And he said, was it three plus out of four or four plus? What, what, did, what kind of a number did they give you? I don't remember. Okay. Um, but he said he used the word severe. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. And you feel great, obviously. I feel great unless I'm walking up hills or Oh, okay. I yeah. love this. Yeah. Uh, most of my patients He's come fine. in and I say, "How you doing? Great." Okay. And I say, um, and I always do this. How much physical activity do you get? Oh, not much. <laughs> and okay. I say, why? Well, when I walk up the hill, I get real short of breath. <laughs> okay, you are no, sim- I, I, you are symptomatic. Okay, no matter what anybody or what. I know to tone it down. Yeah. I try to stay active. I really, I mean, I've been doing outdoor muscle pumps since COVID. Yeah. She's. Modify everything I do. Everybody else can, you know, swing. Yeah. Now, Diana is telling us that she knows she should tone it down. Should she? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Let me tell you, when you lift something heavy, um, you know, you get that. uh, Why is that? Because your glottis is closed. Yeah. And the pressure is building up in your thorax, your chest. Yeah. yeah. Which means the pressure is building up in your aorta, which is the pipe that carries the blood out. Yeah. So what is that happening? Do, and what is that doing? It's pushing more blood back across that leaky valve. Okay. You should not be lifting a lot of weights. Um, no, I do five. Yeah, I know. But l- let, me, let me just say you're not my patient. I will use these terms. If I had a patient with severe aortic regurgitation mm-hmm. who had trouble walking up the hill yeah. um, and you're 57, the valves are great. They last a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them, you know, the mechanical ones, you're going to need to be on warfarin, a, an anticoagulant. Others, you may not. Um, you're going to find somebody who can look at you and talk about your lifestyle and give you an idea of what kind of valve to have put in. Um, they're getting to the point where they may be able to do them with the stent graft. You know, now that's just for yeah. aortic stenosis, not necessarily for not for aortic regurgitation. But you're seeing a cardiologist pretty regularly, as I understand it. Um, yeah. I but would... Candidate for the one, like I would prefer not to have my chest cracked. Like, right. But he said I wasn't a candidate to have. I guess it goes up the artery or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, I'm not a candidate for that. Well, the reason to... the reason is because it needs calcium. Okay, so when you have aortic stenosis and the valve doesn't open, yours opens. Yours doesn't close appropriately, so the blood can flow backwards. But when, this is interesting. 
when you have aortic stenosis, the valve's got chunks of calcium on it. Hmm. And that's what holds the stent valve in. So you put the stent valve in and you squish open the, the valve that doesn't um, open right, the aortic stenosis. What holds that new valve in is the calcium. Mm-hmm. So people who have just aortic regurgitation, most of the time there's no calcium there. It's just because the leaflets are floppy and they don't stick together right. So they're co- trying to come up with, with a stent valve that you could put in through the leg and expand the balloon and the valve sticks in place. They're trying to come up with one for just aortic regurgitation, mm-hmm. which is what you have, but they don't have it yet. So I, I, I'm, all I'm going to say is it sounds like you got good doctors. My advice is listen to them. If Diana, they say it's time to get a valve, listen to them. And that's what I would say. And Diana, you're approximately my age. Let me just tell you, yes, getting getting your chest opened up is not a pleasant week. However. He was back on the show yeah. a week after surgery. I was, now, I had to prop... I had to prop him up. Yeah, it was great. You know, um, we got we, we we had the diapers on him. You know, we had somebody clean up after him. But he was okay, on the show. Really hoping. Let me talk. Yeah. No. No. Diana, it's it it does feel. I mean, of course, I'm not a candidate for this kind of surgery. But what they did for me was a, a quadruple, no, triple bypass. I've been told not to brag. Oh lordy. <laughs> it's not a quadruple. It's just a triple. And Diana, it does feel like you get kicked by a mule, but you're better almost immediately. Yeah. You really are. Yeah, so. my doctor said I'll feel better almost immediately. But right. Yeah. Like you sound you sound great. You sound like you're 30, um, <laughs> you know. All right, Diana, thank you. Thank you. Have All a right, great time. Bye. I got to cut, cut you off because you're flirting. No. A- <laughs> She's way too old for me. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, you are terrible. All right, on the show today, we're going to talk about two neat articles, I think, that we're going to get to. One says, you should find a new doctor if this happens to you. Yeah. What a great article. Absolutely. And then the other one, which is almost the flip side of it, things you should never do during a doctor's appointment. Absolutely. And there were things I would never think of doing this. One was ask the other people in the waiting room. What they were there for? Oh, that happens all the time. Really? Oh my gosh, yes. And, and you know that because th- there's a level of nervousness. Yeah. And you know um, the worst thing. Okay, they're in the waiting room, and there's, yeah. there's somebody in there not looking too good. Yeah. And they come in, and I have a lot of people who, when they're really sick, they just walk in my door. <sighs> I mean, it's and sometimes I can keep them from going to the ER, but you know, then you put them in the back room and you walk in and. My staff love this because I never get excited in the office. It's just, you know, I just got a level of calmness. I'll walk in the room, walk back out. And I says, could you please call 911? <laughs> and so what? They, yeah. they always come in the front door. Yeah. And they always walk through the waiting room with the, with the uh, um, gurney. And then they come oh out my. and the patient's got oxygen and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, they're all going to leave. All the ones who are in the waiting are going to leave and never come back. Really poor advertising for the <laughs> yes, practice absolutely. when there's an ambulance outside the front. <laughs> so. it's, it's like you sometimes get when a restaurant, you know, obviously the ambulance crew has to eat somewhere. Yeah. But if the ambulance is parked in the no parking zone, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm thinking we're going to the Chinese all-you-can-eat. I think we're going somewhere else. We're going somewhere else. All right. The uh, the radio program is called um, Heart Health Radio. Dr. Franklin Weefald here with us. I'm Dave Alexander. You go ahead and call us at 919-860-9783 between noon and 2 on a Saturday. That's the only time we do the show. We should mention this. Yes. That we are going to be adjusting some of the dates some of the Saturdays, there will be football on this radio station. Absolutely. UNC, right? Yeah, it's going to be a good season. It's going to be a terrific time. However, there are some of the dates, and we don't know which ones yet, where they're playing football at this time yeah. or they're doing the pregame at this time. Yeah. So we're going to shift this show over to uh, 7 o'clock on a Friday night. And I think that's a probably good, a pretty good time. Oh, yeah. You know, um, you could you could have a dinner party around our show. That's exactly yeah. right. You could do that. I think it's going to be a wonderful thing for us. But, if you tune in and there's football and there's no medical show, uh, you got to catch us on Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. All right. This is making your – this is Heart Health Radio. Um, you can listen on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. You know you make me Heart Health Radio. Dr. Franklin Weefold. I'm Dave Alexander. Who is Paul Urban? Well, it, lately I have been seeing quite a few patients um, who have decided to come see me based on the show. Now, you know, we've always, from the beginning two years ago, this was not a recruitment device. But anyway, I see a lot of them. Paul came to see me the other day. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because we both lived about a mile from each other in outside of Washington D.C. We both yeah. belonged to Raleigh Country Club, which I, you know, I didn't know. And he had had uh, some heart work done remotely. Uh, he's one of these great, great people who took his medications after he had a heart stent, yeah. which was God, decades ago. But he comes to see me because you know he'd heard the show and he wanted a little bit of a second opinion. And the only really, I mean, this guy is is no spring chicken, but he plays golf all the time. Uh-huh. He's active all the time, and he's just a little more fatigued. So he comes to see me, and we're talking, and I don't think that he's got another blockage. It sounds like he's really good. And when push comes to shove, I take his vital signs, and his heart rate was 40. 40. He's, he's had and, awfully... Well, uh, and so this that's is a low number, isn't uh, it? That's a very low number. Okay. I mean, sixty. You know, if if he were Alberto Salazar or some <laughs> long distance runner who right. ran, you know, forty is okay. But this is the great thing is that you know he's gonna he comes in for a second opinion and you know adjusting his medications I think is all he's gonna need because you know somebody who's in their seventies or eighties should not have a heart rate of forty. Yeah. And I think that. Uh, now, when he's at it at uh, Raleigh Country Club, he's going to be able to keep up with the young guys, and so good. it's just a real shout out to him. He's a great guy, and I'm really excited that you know one little second opinion might might right. uh, make all the difference. And so I encourage you, if you're listening out there and you're not doing well, go right. go get a second opinion on what what's going on with you. There are a lot of people who do not go to the doctor until and unless it is a crisis. Yeah. I mean, I'm the worst of it, okay? I really had had to get to the point where 
it was hard for me to get to my car, mm-hmm. to walk uphill to get to my car before I saw a cardiologist. Yeah. Okay. I had something going on with my eye. And I eventually, I want to shout out NC Retinal Associates. Absolutely. And they've to, they've taken a look and they've done some pictures and I'm going to get some laser work on my eye. I have some blown up blood vessels. Yeah. Some new blood vessels that have... Neovascularization, it's called. So in other words... That's what it is. Yeah. When you have diabetes, you can get little tiny bleeds in your eye. You can get too many blood vessels growing. Right. And it can make you blind. I just want everybody to, you know, understand that it's not an invasive thing. Going to the eye doctor Mm -hmm. is very... It, you know the the puffer thing that yeah. used to blow air yeah. into your eye and it yeah. was a little uncomfortable. They don't even do that anymore. Yeah, the the blood the pressure thing that they do now. It's, yeah. yeah, it's well. I went to have my eyes examined and I hadn't had it done. It was just terrible. Yeah, and they had this machines. Right, and you put your, you know, and they're taking pictures of your eyeball and and inside and outside. Yeah, and then when you sit down with them, there's your eye right in That's front right. of you. That's right. They I remember going like, wait, 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 wait. Whose eye is that? Mm-hmm. Says, That's, That's mine. Yours. I'm going, no. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I want you to talk me out of going outside and watering the lawn and my plants and my trees. I mean, right this now? This afternoon, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, be, what, about 96? Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, well, I'm going to, this is what I'm doing now, and I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, yeah. I want you to stay healthy and active. So, in the early morning hours, do your watering. Okay. In the evening, do your watering. But if you have to go outside, I don't care if you're 20. I don't care if you're 90. You need to protect yourself. A white hat, okay? Yeah. They do. The good guys really do white, wear white they do. hats. Okay. Why is that? It reflects the heat and the light and the sun off of you. Now, why do you think Lawrence of Arabia was English and he went to the Middle East, he yeah. started wearing those long white robes. I don't know. Why do they wear those? Because it keeps you cool. Uh-huh. It reflects off the light and reflects off the heat. So you really should wear a white hat, um, try to wear a white shirt. But this is something I've been telling people for two years. Yeah. Get a cold can, a cold glass, and hold it to your neck. Now, why do I keep saying that? Sweat is what cools us now. And how does that work? Your heart starts pumping harder. It gets more blood flow to the sweat glands, allowing them to produce this liquid that oozes out onto your skin. Yes. And when it evaporates, evaporation requires heat, and it takes the heat from your body and puts it in the air. Unfortunately, this is not a very efficient mechanism. You don't take much heat off that way. So why not refrigerate your blood? That'd be a great idea. Yeah, refrigerate your blood. So you take a cold can and you hold it up to your neck. Why your neck? There's a carotid artery. There's a jugular vein. And they carry a lot of blood constantly to your brain and from your brain. You can cool your body down a degree, one whole degree, 99.6 to 98.6 in about a minute. If you do this technique, you just hold this can to your neck. You can feel your brain start to cool off. You feel better. And just alternate it. Some people complain of getting brain freeze. You ever had that? Uh, no. No, you take a big scoop of ice cream and you that put it in I've your had. mouth. Well, that, that, that top 
part of your mouth goes right to your brain and freezes your brain. But anyway, no, you <laughs> alternate it back and forth. 15 seconds, one side, 15. Now, I am an avid golfer, but I got to a certain age. I couldn't walk 18 holes anymore at 90 yeah. degrees. I yeah. could when I was younger. So now what I do is I put this can on my neck before I get hot. So you mm-hmm. were talking about doing things before they go bad. Right. If you're going to be working outside, just hold the can to your neck, go about your business before you get hot, or maybe you're feeling you're starting to get go back and do it. Refrigerate your blood so you don't have to sweat. In fact, I tell people, if you're sweating outside, yeah, you are in danger because that means your body is overheated to the point where it's desperately trying to cool you off so (laughs) really yeah i was out there wait a a minute yeah you mean just because i'm sweating that means that i'm in danger yes doctor when i when i'm outside i'm always sweating well i tell you what when you're sweating your body is saying you're overheated okay dave next time do the do the refrigeration trick and i bet you You'll be able to stay outside longer yeah, yeah. and feel better. Well, you know what I do? You know what I do? What's I'm that? watering the trees, and I've got the sprinkler, and then I go splash way up in the sky, and then back down at the tree, and the water comes down on me like it's a rain shower. Yeah, but and you I see, cool myself off. It doesn't really cool you off. No, it doesn't. No, because it hits your your skull yeah. as an insulator. Okay, okay, so you may feel well. Maybe your skull a, is an yeah. insulator. You may feel a little cooler for a little bit. Yeah. But then it's back to the way you were. You take that can or bottle, you yep. hold it up to your neck, and you do that alternating. You, you, your body will feel like you're inside in the air conditioning watching or listening to Heart Health Radio. All I right. mean, it's going to be so pleasant. All right. Telephone lines are open, 919-860-9783. Dr. Shagan is saying, he's like, look. You got two minutes left in this hour. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry, that's the way it is. Yeah. Things you should never do at a doctor's appointment. One is walk in with a self diagnosis. Okay. Tell me now, why. This happens to me all the time. So I'll sit down and somebody's nervous and they'll automatically say, I think I had a heart attack Saturday night. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and so I'll say, Tell me your story. Well, I was sitting there and I think I had a heart attack. <laughs> The, the most important thing for you to do when you go to the doctor is to tell your story. And by that, I mean what it felt like to you. Um, descriptors, adjectives. Adjectives are good yeah. in a doctor's office. Because if you have a good doctor, he or she wants to hear the story. Because the story and its, its adjectives and its variability help the doctor to put these little symptoms into categories so that they can expand upon the categories and come up with a diagnosis. If you walk in, and this has been proven, if you walk into the doctor's office and give a self-diagnosis, the doctor won't be as good at exploring the possibilities and coming up with the right diagnosis. Hmm. And that's why it's so important to resist the urge to self-diagnose. And then the worst thing you can do is come in with a Google printout and say, well, I Googled this, and I'm coming to you because Google says I had a heart attack. All right. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor. 
The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. You get better, you stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to this show Every week, Heart Health Radio, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Dr. Franklin Weefald, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. It's uh, amazing the second hour has arrived. It it's, seems like I just got here. It's been a big COVID week yeah, COVID, for COVID, news. COVID, 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 COVID. We, we really do need to ask, mask or no mask at this point? Okay. Uh, what am I going to say? They now recommend that everybody wear a mask indoors if you've been vaccinated or not vaccinated. Okay. And the reason comes from, as we spoke in the last hour, Provincetown, Massachusetts, where there was a large party and vaccinated people got infected. Yeah. They didn't get sick for the most part. Okay. But they measured the particles flowing out of their nose, and they were equal in number to the particles flowing out of the nose of somebody who wasn't vaccinated. Okay. So then the interpretation was is that even if you're vaccinated, you can kill somebody. And by that I mean if you're vaccinated and you're asymptomatic, and most of those people were asymptomatic, that they measured the, the volume of viral particles being expelled. And now they're saying, well, then you go kill somebody. And so now you got to mask up. Now, I don't think that that's feasible in this day and age now that there's so much fatigue from COVID. Yeah. Um, have we, I, I wish Rose had been on this week because I'd want to know what is the mandate now? He didn't, the Cooper did not tell us we had to remask, right? You were, that's correct. Right. That's so correct. we have not had to remask. Other places are telling people to remask. I heard the other day they're going to make four-year-olds in kindergarten wear a mask now. Because children can get the Delta, no matter what they say, and they're talking about the pediatric ICUs being filled up, a lot of them, you know what they're being filled up with? What's that? It's winter viruses that we avoided by our social distancing. All right. So respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, you'll hear about that. That is now rampant. And by rampant, I mean it is not everyone Uh, getting it, but more people are getting it than we would expect. So what do we do? I don't know. Okay, that's fine. No, I I like to be honest at all times. I don't know what the right, if you ask me whether you should mask up, you know what I would say? If Mm. you're worried, yeah, go ahead. I mean, if you're worried about catching it, then put a mask on and don't, don't let anybody give you a hard time for it. I can tell, go ahead. I can tell as an elementary school teacher, the idea that you're going to tell five-year-olds and especially five-year-old boys that you're going to wear a mask consistently, yeah. that's a pipe dream. Yeah. I'm happy if I can keep the five-year-old boys from 
sticking their fingers in their nose. Yeah. You and, know, honestly. Yeah. Here, here's what I'm going to say uh, that I would recommend that I know is good. If you are obese, if you have diabetes, if you have heart disease, mm-hmm. if you are immunocompromised, then you should take your own initiative and be careful. Um, don't go to concerts uh, unmasked. Right. Don't go to crowded pa- places um, because I think you can do a lot for yourself that you don't have to rely on the federal government to do. And I think that it's sad that, that I would make those recommendations, but that's what makes sense. What's your opinion on mandatory vaccinations for okay. everybody? Not okay for everybody. This is the United States of America. Okay. Um, I don't believe that it would be feasible and at all um, uh, recommended that there be a universal vaccine mandate. Right. However, an employer um, such as a hospital right. has to look at the positives and the negatives of anything they do. Yeah. So, for example, I could not get privileges at a hospital unless I could show that I was vaccinated against measles, against you know all sorts of other transmissible diseases. Sure. Um, I have no problem whatsoever of a hospital or any employer requiring the vaccine. And you know why? Hmm. If you don't want to do it, don't work there. <laughs> I mean, okay. I'm, yeah. I mean, it, you're saying you're trampling on my rights. You don't have a right to work at a hospital. You right. have a privilege. Right. Um, you don't have a right to work in my office. You just don't. Yeah. North Carolina is an at-will state. And they say, well, you can't fire me for not um, getting a va- And by the way, I'm not requiring a vaccine in my office. And okay. I, I don't want to explain why, but I'm not. But then, you know, someone says, you can't fire me because I won't get a vaccine. Yeah, I can. <laughs> you can? Because I can fire somebody for anything except sexual or racial discrimination. Sure, sure. That's yeah. illegal. But if you come into work one day and I don't want you to work there anymore, I can let you go. And that's perfectly legal. Now, do I believe that the hospitals have a reason to require people to be vaccinated? Yes, I do. Because the vaccine works. It's not foolproof. It's not 100%. But if you want to do everything you can possibly do to keep people from getting COVID and spreading COVID, then make them vaccinated. Now, whether or not it's a good idea for all of the people in the federal government, I don't know. Because there's a second side to vaccination. And that's the emotional, mental side. Mm -hmm. There are people who are deathly afraid of getting sick from the vaccine, more so than they are of getting sick from the virus. Now, I disagree with them. And I'd love to give my spiel to my patients because I live in Johnston County. I mean, live in John. I work in Johnston County. I have a lot of people who are convinced by the internet that it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I give my spiel. Some of them understand, some of them don't. But, you know, if you work somewhere and somebody says you got to get a vaccine and you don't want to get it, find another job. Mike in Raleigh, you are on Heart Health Radio. How you doing, Mike? Doing well, doing well. Enjoyed the show. Thank immensely. you. Uh, I have a question. I hate to change the subject, but I have a question about statin drugs. Yeah. I've been on statin drugs for about 12 years, okay. at least maybe 15. And I've lost a lot of muscle. I've lost a lot of body weight. 
And uh, just, do I need to take a break from this statin drug? Sure. Let's talk about that. Um, statin drugs, what are those? Okay, so lovastatin, uh, rosuvastatin. It's a compound of medicines that are miracle drugs. Okay, if you look at when I started in this business, you had a heart attack, man, you had a really high risk of dying. And then you had a really high risk of having another one because we couldn't control the bad cholesterol, the LDL. Now, people don't realize most of the cholesterol in your body is not what you eat, it's what you make. So the liver produces most of your cholesterol. That gets into your bloodstream, and for some people, it clogs your arteries. So the statins were developed by Brown and Goldstein, two really smart guys at uh, the University of Texas Southwestern. They found a drug that prevented your liver from making cholesterol as much. So they started it. They tried it. They won the Nobel Prize for it because, lo and behold, cholesterol levels dropped. And guess what also dropped? Deaths from heart attacks, deaths from strokes. So these are fantastic medications. Now, what is the problem with people taking them? There has been a almost the same thing as the COVID vaccine, you know, sort of a, a far extreme idea that these are dangerous drugs. Now, you've had them for 12 years. Hallelujah. You've reduced your risk of having a stroke and a heart attack. Now you're not feeling so good, and your muscles are, are weaker. Um, you can take a break. Now, I've had some patients that I've recommended because they've had symptoms of muscle aches and things like that. I say, hey, let's just stop it for six weeks. And they say, well, well then what happens to my cholesterol? Am I going to have a heart attack? It's a long-term thing. So if you stop your cholesterol medicine for six weeks, your risk of having a heart attack is very small. And this is the only way you're going to know whether the medicine is what's causing it or if it's not. Now, if you had a really good doctor who was willing to do something weird, here's what I would do, is I would stop the statin for six weeks and then find somebody who can give you two bottles of pills, one bottle marked X and one bottle marked Y. Yeah. Okay? And so then what would you do? You'd take X for six weeks and then you'd take Y. And you wouldn't know which one you're taking. You wouldn't know if it's the statin. You wouldn't know if it's the sugar pill. Yeah. And then find out, did you feel better with X or did you feel better with Y? Because that's the only way you're going to know. Now, if you're having muscle wasting, you need to have that checked out. Because, yes, is it possible, one in a million chance that you've had problems from your statin that is leading to muscle wasting? Yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. But if you're having muscle wasting, that could be from something even far more serious than a side effect of the statin. And I would get to check DLL, so that's probably the cause of major uh, waste. Say that again, Mike. I didn't catch all of that. I, have, I also have CLL, chronic lymphoma. Yeah, chronic, yeah, chronic lymphocytic, uh, yeah, CLL. Yeah. Yeah, that could do it, too. But uh, let me tell you, there. It, and again, I want you to... Call your doctor and make sure yeah. he or she thinks it's safe. But yeah. what I do for my patients is I tell them to stop for six weeks. Yeah. And if they feel better, then it's, it is it is a good chance that it was from the medication, whatever side effect they're talking about. Now, there are some medicines you can't just quit. Okay. For example, a beta blocker, mm-hmm. metoprolol. That helps to control your heart rate, your blood pressure, keeps your heart calm. If you quit one of those, suddenly you can have a rebound effect. Another, another medicine that does that is clonidine. So 
check with your doctor. He or she may say it's safe to stop. But if you were my patient or if I had a patient similar to you, uh, that's what I would do. Great. Great. Thanks a lot for the information. Hey, and listen, we're, we're going to pray for you. Uh, CLL has a good prognosis long term, but it, it's not fun. And um, we're going to wish you the best and hope you stay healthy a long time. Thank you much, guys. Bye. Take care, Mike. The uh, telephone number, if you want to check in with Dr. Weefold, 919-860-9783. It's very rare that, well, we do have to remind everybody, never discontinue anything or change their routine. And don't even change your, the radio station until your no, doctor says it's not okay. unless you're yeah, really sure. You have to sure. keep listening. Right. But we can tell you this one almost um, definitively because the FDA says, Miss Slim, dietary supplement, you should discontinue it. Yeah, and this is what bothers me about dietary supplements that are supposed to be for losing weight. Yeah. Um, they're made in countries that really don't care about what <laughs> happens to you. Okay. I mean, uh, some of these companies from China, for example, um, and I'm half Chinese. My mom came from Shanghai. I am not a racist. No. But I really hate these companies because they really don't care what happens to us in the United States. Right. Because they're getting their money. And that's that's kind of a, you know, a thing that happened. Remember the dog food? Yeah. Melamine was in yeah. it. Yeah. It was the same. You know that white stuff that you can buy cheaply that shelves? Yeah. That's melamine. Yeah. And they okay. put it in dog food because it, it was a food. cheaper ingredient. And a lot of doggies died. And, you know, um, it was it's just terrible. Okay. So the stuff called Miss Slim, you know, I, I knew her <laughs> once. <laughs> and then she stopped taking the medicine. No. It, it had a actual medicine in it um, uh-huh. called... S-U-B-I-T-R-A-M-A, subitrine, sibutrine, what happened to me? It can't be, some, can't be something that's regular, otherwise yeah. you would know what it is. Yeah, so it's a medicine that was actually taken off the market. Um, it is actually a, was a prescription drug for weight loss. Uh, it had a tremendous number of side effects. And the problem for me is that I practice what's called medical bariatric treatment. Okay, obesity is a serious problem in this country, mm-hmm. mainly because we have the yes-yes diet instead of the no-no diet. What does right. that mean? We have white bread and white flour. All this stuff that came about really after World War II. I mean, it's really amazing. What, and obesity has exploded. Um, and believe it or not, it works. And so there is a medicine that is FDA-approved, and it is safe when uh, taken appropriately. It's called fentramine. And then there's another medicine that's repurposed uh, called topiramate. Topiramate is an anti-seizure drug. Uh, it doesn't affect your brain if you don't have seizures, uh, but it makes you not hungry. So phenamine and topiramate are actually combined in a very expensive prescription pill, but both of these medicines are generic. So if somebody is obese and wishes to get involved in a medical bariatric program, they are examined, their blood pressure is taken, uh, EKG is taken. Uh, yeah. If there's any uh, hint of a cardiovascular problem, they get it worked out, and then they get monitored. And the other medicine we use is something that is repurposed as well, although now FDA approved for weight loss, and that is something called a GLP-1 agonist. It's an injection. Now they have a pill called ribelsis. But what it does is it, the way I sort of explain it is it corrects the way your insulin works. 
Mm-hmm. Because insulin and diabetes, I mean, diabetes obviously are, are connected in terms of getting overweight. It's also connected to obesity. If you can correct the function of your insulin, if you can decrease your appetite, if you can get rid of um, what we call high glycemic index foods, so white flour, white bread, Wonder Bread, good yeah. stuff, yeah. hot dog buns, sugar, you're going to lose a ton of weight. And But what when you have Miss Slim all over the market, right. I mean, all over the media, right. and then you say, we have some medicines that we can use to help you lose weight that are safe and effective, it becomes, he's a diet pill doctor. You know, he, he, he pushes diet pill. And, and it bothers me. Because if you look at even the American Journal of Cardiology now, mm-hmm. even, you know, the New England Journal of Medicine are saying that we're underutilizing uh, effective therapies for obesity treatment, and specifically phenamine, topiramate, and a, a GLP-1 agonist. So, I mean, Trulicity is not approved for weight loss. It's approved for type 2 diabetes. But let me tell you, <laughs> they'll, they'll say on the side there, lose yeah. up to 8 pounds. Yeah. It works. Okay. And um, Ozempic now has right. a twin. It's Ozempic. It's the same medicine as Ozempic. Yes, but they did a study with it at a slightly higher dose, and I can't remember, I'm bad with Wegovi or something like that, at three milligrams as opposed to 1.5 milligrams of Ozempic yeah. given once a week. It's approved for weight loss. In fact, it's being marketed specifically for weight loss. You get Ozempic for, you know, it's covered, it's covered by your insurance, gives you have, whatever. And then Wegovi isn't, it's $1,000 a month. Okay. So it's just driving me nuts. But right. Miss Slim. Do not even knock on my door because you will not get a greeting from no, me. No Miss Slim. No Miss Slim. Right. If you've got Miss Slim on the shelf and you've been taking it for weight loss, the FDA says stop. No ill effects. Stop. Go away, Miss Slim. Just go away, Miss Slim. All right. Go away. The uh, telephone number, 919-860-9783. Call right now to talk to Dr. Weefald. There is a minimum number of vacation days you're supposed to take in order to promote longevity. Somebody has done the math. They got the minimum, and I'm telling you, I don't get this much. Well, it, that, yeah. that's, that's coming up on Heart Health Radio. Listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. Dr. Weefall, who are we bringing up on the shame segment today? The Biden administration is doing their utmost to try to keep us healthy from COVID-19, especially the Delta variant. So, Uh you know, mask up, vaccine up. Um, If you're tested positive, you better go quarantine. Right. They're tracking you down. And that's all said and done and good. And and I think that, you know, commend them for their attempts to save us from this horrible thing. Except yeah. when it's not politically correct for them. And what are we talking about? Well, you've got hundreds of thousands of migrants coming across the border. And they, you know, when Biden was elected... Um, he had always promised uh, essentially an open border that they were going to do everything they could to get migrants here in the country. And yeah, yeah, I understand where the, where it comes from in terms of, you know, the feelings you have for them. 
But what happens when they come over? About 9% are testing positive for COVID. Okay. okay. What are they doing? <laughs> They're uh, putting them on a bus and saying, good luck, have fun. No. With no quarantine, uh, no uh, restrictions whatsoever on travel. I mean, could you Do- imagine? Like, you just imagine. Yeah. Okay. If I tested positive for for Delta, yeah, and I had a officer of the federal government walk me to a Greyhound bus and put me on that bus, yes, I'm sure they're going somewhere like a hospital, right? No, they're going to Detroit. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're going to, uh, and they give them these free bus tickets too. So again, you don't hear about this because the media is all about letting as many migrants in as possible. And yet, they're all about, you know, this COVID business, how we have to shut down, you know, put our thumb in our mouths and go sit in the corner until it's all over. Well, don't put your thumb in your mouth. Our kids have to wear masks when they're four years old. And yet, if you're a migrant coming across the border and they test you for COVID, they slap you on the back and give you a Greyhound bus ticket to Detroit. No. And I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't think that's possible. It's true. It's true. It's true? It's true. There was a situation in Brownsville where, I think it was Brownsville, Texas, mm-hmm. where these people were in a in a burger joint. And the people at the burger joint called, called up and said, hey, listen, um, these people are sick. And they're in our restaurant. And uh, it's what it was. It was people who were... Um, immigrants and came across the border and they were positive. Tiffany in Farmville. Tiffany, how are you? Hey, I'm wonderful. Thank you for taking the call. Good. What can we do for you? I wanted to ask Dr. Weefald about a prescription I had been on. I had contracted COVID on July the 7th and two days later they put me on ZPAC and I think it's dexamethasone steroid. Uh Uh-huh. And um, that was for 10 days, 6 milligrams, and it didn't taper off. It was just take one a day and stop so you run out. Uh And I did. And I finished that not not Monday of this week, but Monday of last week. And I'm wondering if it might have anything to do with something I've been experiencing since I had COVID. I'm feeling very, very shaky. I feel like I'm rattling on the inside, sort of tremors. Um, my hand, I can look at my fingers and see that they're shaking. Now, someone couldn't look at me and tell anything's wrong. It's not that violent of a shake, but I just feel shaky a lot. And I have numbness in my left leg, left arm, left foot. It just feels like it's gone to sleep, and it feels very hot, very warm. All right. And I read that dexamethasone had side effects that would cause numbness in arms and legs and shakiness and a fast heartbeat. All right, um, Tiffany, I'm going to I'm going to put you on hold. I want to hold you over uh during the break and get you back on the radio in just a few moments. Yeah, I got a lot Dr. to say about you do. what you're doing. Yeah, sh- Tiffany, h- hang in there with us cuz uh I want to talk to you uh, um real bad. That's coming up next on Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefold? Call 919-860-9783. And Tiffany from Farmville already called, and we've got a general idea. Tiffany, you still there? Yes. All right. 
Well, it sounds like, um, let me let me just go back. When you had uh, the active infection, was it respiratory? Did you have a lot of these numbness feelings, or what were your symptoms then? I don't recall any shakiness or anything until probably a day or two before I finished that medicine. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's related to that medicine. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just um, trying to say, but were you coughing, fever, or what was your... I, I did have cough. I had, a, I had a high fever and aches for the first two or three days. And then, then I was okay, just extremely tired, just sleeping a lot. But after two or three days, I just I didn't have any more symptoms. The coughing did come, but it wasn't terrible. No different than if I had a cold, and uh, that was all. And um, the the only thing I wanted to add is that my doctor has ordered me an MRI. Sure. I just felt like with the cough and everything, I just thought, well, since I've been through so much with COVID and prescriptions, I just wonder if that's a little too soon, if I should wait 30 yeah, days or so yeah. and see if this is, I don't know if that drug can still be in my system and sure. this or, so I what, just wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah. How long ago was the last dose of the Medro? Not Monday of this week, but Monday prior. Okay. So about day. 10 days, maybe? Yes. Yes. Okay. Almost two weeks. Yeah. Okay. So what is Medrol? That's a, a steroid. And what does that mean? It means that it, it prevents your immune system from overreacting. So it's been shown to reduce the risk of hospitalization. And if you are hospitalized, it's been shown to reduce the risk of having to go on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that's a great thing. Now, can Medrol cause side effects? Sure. Mm-hmm. Jitteriness uh, can raise your blood sugar can make your feet swell um, because it holds on to sodium, can um, raise your heart rate. Um, I think that it would be unusual, and again, I can't um, uh, diagnose you over the telephone or the radio. It'd be unusual for you to be having these side effects still if it were from the Medrol, but it is possible. So a couple things that I would do if I had a patient like you is get some blood tests because um, I'd want to know what your sugar is. Uh, if anything else has been messed up, like your sodium or your potassium or something like that. But I would not ignore your symptoms. Um, they could be a lot of different things. And so, neurological symptoms like, oh, I'm sorry, did you want to ask me something? I just, well, do you recommend, I mean, my MRI is scheduled for this coming Thursday. Do you recommend? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do, yeah, because um, some of the side effects of COVID, uh, can be what we call uh, encephalitis or, you know, that's just an inflammation of, of the brain. And so it can inflame any tissue. I, I'm not saying that I believe something really bad is wrong with you, mm-hmm. but I, it sounds like your doctor is really barking up the right tree okay. because you never want to um, ignore the kind of symptoms you're having. Now, here's, here's the thing is that they'll probably just go away. Um, long COVID, if you've heard of that term, um, mm-hmm. the virus that it can cause inflammation that can uh, sometimes damage and cause effects in the nervous system for months. And I okay. think it'd be really good to know that your brain was in good shape and that okay. it wasn't coming from something more serious. So, yes, um, not being able to diagnose you over the radio, I can only say that it sounds like your doctor is on the right track. Um, and whether Medrol is the cause, eh, it, it, it'd be unlikely um, because it's been over a week that you've mm-hmm. stopped it. But then again, you said your symptoms of this started 
a couple days after you started the Medrol. So your doctor's barking up the right tree, and look up there, and I think you and your doctor will find out what's wrong. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Sure. I enjoy your program. Thank you. Thank you, Tiffany. Tell your neighbors about us. Yeah. Somebody has actually computed the minimum number of vacation days, which you should have. Now, the computation was three weeks. Yeah. I'm not getting three weeks. When was the last time you took three weeks off? I've never taken three weeks off. Yeah. I was I unemployed. Did I didn't and then I would No, took, no, no, I'm going to yeah. tell you. I'm going to tell you from personal experience. Yeah. This is when I had reached my prime in practice and yeah. everything. And I had I had bank, you know, as they say. <laughs> so I took three weeks off. Yeah. There was only one thing wrong with three weeks off. What's that? You couldn't get me to go back to work. Uh, I mean, yeah. what I did was I went to Nantucket. Yeah. And I stayed there for three weeks. I had friends come up. Everything uh-huh. was just wonderful. And I got to really enjoy the lifestyle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, did it help? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I live kind of a high-stress job. It's a lot less stressful since I'm not going to the hospital every day. Yeah. But, yeah, three weeks off is a good thing if you can get it. Um, the problem with the vacations that we have now is they're not long enough in consecutive days. So think about it. You go on vacation. Yeah. It takes a day or two to unwind. Then you're relaxed. And okay. then what it is. Oh, I got to go back to work. And then, you know, as last two days are pretty much worrying about going back to work. And then you get back to work. And then there's all that work that was there that sure. you missed. Two weeks is really good. Uh, but again, um, I think three weeks is an ideal, the ideal thing. The problem is it's never going to happen in this country. No. You know, in France and England, I think they get six weeks off a year. Germany. Good for them. Yeah, and I think they work 35-hour work weeks. Now, you can say that the life in those countries is better than ours. Okay. But we've chosen to do things a little differently. We work harder, um, I think, in well, general, well, um, as a country. Um, and we don't take as much vacation. Right. I would say this, yes to more vacation. I think it would be good for the country as a, a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to get some really smart economists who are smarter than me to figure out how we can do it because I think it would help the body politic. And by that, I mean the whole country as a whole. Maybe we wouldn't be so crazy shouting at each other all the time and you know, accusing each other of being horrible human beings all the time. No, we'd still do that. You think so? Yeah, we, yeah. that's a permanent thing. We're, okay. we're stuck with that. Yeah. That is Twitter and Facebook yeah. it got in stuck Well, how on about that. we put Twitter on vacation for yes. three weeks? No Excellent Twitter idea. for three weeks in a row. Let me just tell you, there was a survey done years ago in snow country. Do you know what people really enjoyed? Mm-mm. They enjoyed a snow day. They enjoyed a day when you had a foot of snow and you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And sometimes the power would go out or you, you wouldn't have cable TV or something mm-hmm. like that. People actually secretly said, oh, gosh, yes, I, it was nice yeah. you know, to live like the Amish for a day, maybe, or to just have an unscheduled day off that yes. everybody accepted. Yes. You, uh, of course, you know, honestly, I took seven weeks off for my heart surgery, one week in the hospital, six weeks at home, 
and I about drove my wife nuts. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get back to work yeah. right away. I was scheduled for nine weeks, and I couldn't make it. I couldn't stay away from work. How did you get work. nine weeks off for surgery? I thought it was six. They told me I had to take nine weeks off. Oh, okay. And I said, okay, paid, that's fine. Paid, paid time. Well, yeah, I had accumulated. It was stuff I earned. Oh, Oh, okay. gosh, yes. So I, then, actually, that takes out from your future vacations. Sure, it does. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that's so the there's only no, way I can you know, take. This is interesting, because I give paid time off. So there's no real sick leave and vacation time anymore. It's all combined, right? Well, no. The For state employees, it's uh, you accumulate a certain amount of each Okay. every time you show up to work. Okay. I think in a month I earn more than a, a day off. Okay. And I just had accumulated so much mm-hmm. that I actually could have taken 12 weeks off. You should have. No. No, I was nuts. Lee in Chapel Hill. Hi, Lee. How you doing? Fred or Dave, how you doing? Dr. Uh, Weave over, how you doing? doing Good well. to hear from you again. What's going on? Thank you. Uh, Dr. Weevil, do you know what causes hand cramping, hands to cramp up? Cramping. Hand, hand, cramping in the hands. Yeah, Is okay. it happening all the time? About mm-hmm. once, about once every two or three weeks. Okay, and the actual muscles contract and your hand sort of goes into a clench. Is that right? What's that? Does your hand actually clench and close or it just feels crampy? They're, they're cramping closed. Okay. And it feels a little better when I, when I can straighten them up. But when the pain is such, yeah, right. I got okay. hands closed up. And, and it's, it's hard to open them up, but once I do get them flat, sure. Now what? It what, slows down. Yeah. Okay. Now people don't realize you you don't have any muscles in your hands. Did you know that? No. There are no muscles in your hands. So what it is? The muscles that move your hands actually in your forearm. Okay. I did so not every know this. it's like a pulley. So the muscles in the forearm are what controls the movements in the hands. So what? What you're describing is that, you know, look at your open hand and all of a sudden it's cramping and, and closing. What that means is the muscles in your forearm are contracting okay. when you don't want them to contract. And they're pulling on the tendons, which are making your hands closed. And so what you're doing when you pull your hands back is you're relaxing, you're pulling open the muscles in your forearm. So you've got muscle cramps. And the question becomes what it's from. It could be a lot of things. Um, a low calcium level really low calcium level causes tetany and that is just a term where your muscles contract and they shouldn't be contracting Uh a little magnesium can do it um i used to have a lot of bad leg cramps okay so your toes would curl and you'd wake up with a charley horse and that that calf muscle would be tight you had to push down on your foot you know to get it i used to get those all the time really it's kind of interesting Sometimes you can give yourself a magnesium supplement. Sometimes you give yourself a potassium supplement before you go to bed, and that can help. Um, but you want to make sure it's not something dangerous bad. Sure. You want to know what your calcium level is. You want to make sure that your kidney function is good and your potassium level is good. Because when those things are out of whack, boy, you'll get cramps. 
um, and they'll hurt a lot. But then there are all sorts of other things that can lead to this muscle thing that I, quite frankly, don't want to put on the air because everybody has cramps all the time. And I don't want anybody to go rush in their doctor thinking they've got these horrible things. But the bottom line is get it checked out because you want to know what your kidney function is if you're having a lot of muscle cramps. You want to know what your potassium is. You want to know what your calcium is. You want to know basically your overall health, your thyroid, because you really shouldn't be having these little these cramps all the time. Your hands shouldn't be clenching all the time. And so there's something going on. It could be very simple to fix, but it's also something that you need to know. What causes a Charlie horse? Uh, Is that just the- mine were? Um, I was. I sweat at night. Do you sweat at night? No. Yeah. So I just I t- started taking electrolyte supplements, magnesium. Took a little <laughs> turmeric. I don't have them anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, if that's the reason, that's great. But I went to my doctor, Renee Watson, who's super doc. Right. And she ran all the tests she needed to run, and she told me that I was in pretty good shape. And so I just started taking magnesium and stuff because my kid. You don't want to take magnesium if your kidneys are bad. Uh-huh. So get checked out. And so I take two magnesium when I go to bed. I take some potassium, you know, and I haven't had any more Charlie horses. That brings up the other topic that I know we've addressed before, but I've forgotten the answer. What's that? Should I go ahead and take a multivitamin anyway, or should I check to see what my levels are of the particular vitamins? Boy, that's the $64,000 question. Yeah. There are doctors now who run your vitamin checks. So they, yeah. they'll, you spend 300 bucks and they'll tell you what your, you know, your riboflavin level is. You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I, you know, the honest truth is I don't think anybody knows. Uh, B vitamins... There's a million of them, not a million of them, but B12, B6, B1, B1.2, you know, whatever. B vitamins are harmless if you take them in excess Uh Um, because, as everybody knows, when you take a B vitamin in high doses, you go to the bathroom, Yeah. and boy, is it yellow. Yeah. Okay? And that means the vitamins that you don't need that are... Um, not being absorbed by your body or being eliminated in your urine. Now, you can have B12 deficiency and not know it, okay? There are people, in fact, I'm seeing it so much in my practice, and I wish I knew why, who are B12 deficient. Um, And they take an oral B12 and it doesn't come back up. Right. And I think it might be all of the um, acid-lowering medications we're taking. So B12, complicated. You, You swallow some meat or some vegetables that have B12, there has to be a certain acidity level, then something called intrinsic factor binds the B12, and then certain acidity levels travels through your gut and gets absorbed right where your small intestine hits your large intestine called the ileum. Yeah. And I don't know why, but these people, they don't have you know a, a Crohn's disease, which can make your ileum not work. Uh, they don't have an, a stomach problem, and yet they have no B12. And they eat meat, and they eat vegetables, and they eat you know, all the good stuff, and they have no B12. They do, a lot of them, take omeprazole or something else to keep their stomach acid level down. So I'm wondering whether okay. that is. But, but anyway, you I, don't need to get your vitamins checked. Well, I'm just, you know? I fear that. I do. You need your B12. Have you had your B12 checked? No. Get it checked. B12. B12. Ask your doc. I check B12 and folate yeah. on vitamin D on everybody now. And maybe it'll come along 
that, you know, you need to check riboflavin on right. somebody. But right. I don't know. Well, B12 I mean, is everybody who goes for their annual physical, if they do that stuff, yeah. ask your doctor to get your B12 level checked. Because I'm just it's scared. In, it's amazing how many people, and, and I put them on B12 shots. Yeah. And I would say 80% come back and say, wow. Right. I didn't realize I could feel this good. I mean, I'm supposed to know what my LDL is. What is okay. it? I have no idea. Come on. No earthly idea. I, I'm fearing, just as I fear the backyard conversations between the guys around the grill, that one day we're all going to know what our LDL, HDL, riboflavin, and all the other levels oh, are. Okay, my LDL is 11. 11. 11. Oh, I'm HDL, glad for you. HDL is 32. 32. I'm glad for you. And my last B12 was 1,134. 1,134. Is that parts per million? No, I don't know. Milligrams per four, furlongs per fortnight. I don't okay, know. Okay, all right. Furlongs are, per fortnight. There are standards. It, I'm just you know, saying I can beat I that. Know. I can beat that if I work at it. I know what my testosterone level is, too, now. Good for you. What is yeah. your testosterone level? 465. 465 with supplementation. Yes, absolutely. With supplementation. <laughs> you know, of course, I regularly I regularly donate testosterone to the United States cycling team. Oh, okay. I do. I, it's, it's absolutely. Rare, it's a rare thing. All right. Telephone number 919-860-9783. Heart Health Radio. This is Heart Health Radio, heard on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. Go ahead and call us up at 919-860-9783. Don't water the lawn this afternoon in the heat of the day. I think you can. You can? You do the patented WeFall technique of refrigerating your blood with a nice can. Can of can of uh, adult beverage or yeah, any kind of beverage absolutely. on the side of my... On the and side you of taught your me, neck. You taught me something two, three weeks 15 ago. 15 seconds at a time, alternate until you feel good. And you will feel good very quickly. <laughs> it is the last couple of minutes of the show. And naturally, your phone's ringing off the hook. Sandra in Zebulon. How you doing, Sandra? Doing well, thank you. Hi there. What's up? Just a quick question, and then I'll hang up. And oh, no, don't hang call. up. Don't hang up. <laughs> um, in getting my trazodone and quetiapine refilled, I noticed that they're manufactured in China. Is there a concern there? I didn't hear. Sandra, we're going to. I know that it sounded a lot like you were talking about trazodone. Yes. Yes. Okay. And Quetiapine. potassium. Is there any yes. connection between the two of them? You know, it's funny because I take one but not the other. Potassium and trazodone? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I don't think that. Yeah. Are you having trouble with either one or are you having trouble sleeping? No, I have it. Okay. Yeah. So you take them both. As, do you take the trazodone to help you sleep? Yeah, it's a good it's a good medicine. It's another repurposed medicine. It's a uh, antidepressant mm -hmm. that um, doesn't really work very well for antidepression, but boy, it'll make some people really drowsy. And the nice thing about it, it's not addicting, right? And it's one of those medicines that doesn't make you feel drunk, you know, like hungover mm -hmm. in the morning, like a lot of other sleeping pills do. But in my medical training, I do not know any interaction between potassium and trazodone. 
No, which I see yeah. and trash don't. I just noticed that when I get them refilled, they're manufactured in China. That was my... Oh, they're both manufactured in China, and you're concerned about that. I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, What I want you to do is give your phone number. I'm going to take down the names of the – actually, yeah, the names of the manufacturers, because I can tell you which company uh, is um, legitimate and which ones are sketchy. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, so we'll take your number down. I'll call you. And uh, it's kind of hard to find the manufacturer on the um, on the bottle, but I'll help you do that. All right. Got to go. Bob in Raleigh. How you doing, Bob? Oh, just absolutely wonderful. Good. You what's, sound what's, wonderful. What's your question, what's your question <laughs> about? Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I, I, I haven't had this much fun since my dad drove over the squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob. I want to ask you about Amatiza. You familiar with it? Ama what? Ama? Amatiza? Yeah. Yeah, I know all about it. Chronic idiopathic constipation. Yeah, 24, 24 milligrams twice a day. Right. The <laughs> wind is now that there are either one or two more recent medications. Yeah. Basically trump Amatiza. Yeah, I let me. T- there are there, there's three medicines. The way, the way these work is they all affect uh, a protein in your colon. Now your colon doesn't digest. Okay, your small intestine is what's responsible for getting your nutrition. All the colon does is adjust the amount of fluid in your poop. So, and what Amatiza does is it's taken twice a day, and it causes this little protein that. Uh, is in your colon lining to allow more water to stay in your poop. So there are three of them now. There's Amatiza, and then there's Linzess, and then there's something. Through Linzess. Yeah, there's something called. What was that? Say it again. It OD'd. It was like, it got like diarrhea. Oh, yeah. I've heard, granted, anecdotal, but from a couple of people. I've oh, yeah. All all so, three of these can cause diarrhea. True Lance is the last one. Yeah, because everybody's. I'm sorry? True what? True Lance. T R U L A N C. And I'm not using the generic names because I don't know them. But anyway, okay. you can get diarrhea from any one of these um, because everybody's system is different. Um, some people don't respond at all, and they come back, you know, saying, nope. Nope, haven't had a poop in two weeks, Dr. Weefile. Yeah. And then other people come back and say, I took one, and I had to call the fire department, yeah. you know, because, you know, <laughs> okay. I mean, all I right, thought I was right. going to die. All right, all right. But anyway, no, they're good medicines, <laughs> but only take them uh, under prescription. Do not take a laxative if you have abdominal pain and constipation. If you have abdominal pain and constipation, that could be a medical emergency. You can have a bowel obstruction. And I had a patient who took two lens S because he couldn't poop and his belly was hurting and he blew out his colon and was in the hospital for six weeks. So so check with your doctor before you take one of those. Thank you, you know Bob. What a GET test is? Can, can you what, Bob? A GET, gastric evacuation test. Is there a GET, gastric evacuation test? Uh, if there, there is. a radio tracer to follow oh i know what you're talking about you're you're talking about the gastric empty yeah it's a nuclear yeah. medicine scan yeah. but that's mainly for the tummy so there are people with what you call gastroparesis and they don't empty their stomachs well so if you have diabetes or something like that and so it's a radioactive food 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. Slightly radioactive, yeah, but it, then it, it measures how long it takes to get out of your your stomach. It's not right. good for pooping. Thank you, Bob. I want to fuss at Carol and Larry and ask them to please call with more time left in the show next week. Please call next week. We're so sorry. That's it. That's um, making your home great. Coming. Uh, sorry. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Heart Health Radio, making yeah, your home uh-huh. great. Well, you, I made your home great because I helped with your some, health. Some some sort of radio <laughs> show called Making Your Home Great is coming up. We'll see you on the Heart Health Radio Network. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.